Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. And each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hello, Lynn and Carson, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. I am so thrilled you are both here. Hi, thank you so much. We're excited to be on. I love having pairs join me. It's so great. I think the conversation is going to be awesome. Can you start by introducing yourselves, please? You first. (laughs) My name is Lynn Hewen. Um, I am Carson's mom and uh, co-author and illustrator of the book. Awesome. I'm Gray. I'm Lynn's daughter, and I am also a co-author of 12 Months of Fun on Hide Gwaii with Maddie and Jojo. Awesome. I am so excited to meet you both. So as you said, the name of the book is 12 Months of Fun on Haida Gwaii with Maddie and Jojo. So that uh, actually introduces a big part of the conversation that I'd love to have. You both live and, and were raised uh, on Haida Gwaii. Is that correct? Yes. yes, that's correct. So what, besides the incredible land that is Haida Gwaii, what led you to write this book? Um, my children. And also, um, I was inspired by my mom's artistic talents. I've always admired how amazingly talented she is as an artist and a painter. And I thought that it would be really cool if we could collaborate on something together. And I wanted her to get her artwork out there more so more people could see it and just kind of get like a little glimpse of Hadaguay, our life on Hadaguay and our adorable children. Amazing. So it is based on your children's lives living on Haida Gwaii. So h- how would you say life on Haida Gwaii is different than, let's say, it might be down in Vancouver? Lynn, I know you lived in Vancouver uh, and part of your life. So, yeah, I absolutely loved Vancouver. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I here. the pace of this lifestyle here in Haida Gwaii is absolutely amazing like we kind of all go at our own pace here there's no stress about racing off here and there unless it is a true appointment that you have to be there and just that it's so laid back and everybody's so kind and happy and and everybody is gracious to one another mm-hmm. everyone looks out for each other and they're super supportive of whatever anyone's doing in the community like my mom and I or me and um, my different music projects that I've been working on they've been very supportive so amazing awesome. so can you tell us a little bit about your music projects as well because I know that's a whole other side besides the book I, I want to talk about all of the things yeah for sure um I, I'm a singer songwriter and um I've been working on an EP that I'm going to be putting out probably at the end of the year and it's going to be my first project I'm releasing with a record label so it's kind of a big deal amazing (laughs) I've been singing I guess professionally now for how many years would you say (laughs) since you were 12 at least (laughs) and, and everyone in the community has been awesome that's I know I have heard 
that there is a new recording studio in Haida Gwaii and your husband's involved in that. Is that right? Um, I would just, a personal interest sake, not so much about this podcast, but uh, I understand it was challenging for artists up there to um, not have a space to record. Is that right? And, and tell us a little bit about that. That's right. I'm, we're actually sitting in my we're husband's in studio right now. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know um, my husband and I think one other, I think my cousin and his, my cousin James and his uh, band, they actually got a grant and they have a studio now as well. And it's really awesome. We have two wonderful uh, grant funded studios that have opened up now and we have a lot of talent on the island. So now everyone has like a wonderful state of the art studio to come and record their projects in. So that's incredible that would have been I guess a barrier for artists to to get sort of out into the world uh, or they'd have to travel quite a ways and you know that's expensive and not always easy so that's yeah. wonderful yeah absolutely especially during these times with COVID and everything it's been quite difficult to get on and off the island so it's great that we have these right is, is it it's kind of closed, isn't it? Like <laughs> I think it's kind of like everything's kind of closed to to visitors, right? It was, but I think now there's new. I think there's a ten. Uh, I would like to say tentative, but they did say that July first. So I guess mm -hmm. what we'll be just looking at the provincial numbers as we go, and if there's a spike, we'll just kind of move accordingly. But it right. is a go provincial first. So I work at the museum, and people have been getting in touch with us already so yeah I bet I bet I know everybody's immediately reached out to find out if I'm going to have a mom camp retreat uh sometime this year now that things are going to be possible because I had to postpone a few um just because we kept thinking it would be okay and then we kept thinking it would be okay and then yeah so people are I think chomping at the bit to travel and to to explore for sure Awesome. Okay. So 12 months of fun on Haida Gwaii. Tell me a little bit about the book. What is it broken down like uh, January, February, and there are activities or is it, what is it, how, how does it get told? Um, so it starts out with an opening of a dedication to uh, my late grandmother, Amelia, who passed away this past was it February. February, end mm. of February. And so here's the picture right here. I think I sent you one in an email. Beautiful. Um, just dedication to her she just loved the children so much um and then we talk about we just show like a little map of Haida Gwaii and um a little picture of the kids there and talks about like all the different activities that we're going to be getting into and talking about we start at January and we also have the each title of the month in Haida amazing yeah and it just goes into each um monthly activity and they're also seasonal so awesome. there's kind of action words in there too like uh for, like instance the word snow which is there where is that go ahead carson amazing <laughs> very good she's got better pronunciation than me yeah and i love that january is cold and tajuai windy the cold north wind brings clear skies, and when it changes, the Tagao Kamduang snow comes down. I love Maddie that. And <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. Maggie and Jojo climb into their snowsuits and head to the park in Skidigat. Yeah. yeah. So that's like for January. It's much I love that you're incorporating Haida language. That's fantastic. That's yeah. so great. 
we knew we wanted to um, write a book together centered around our children, but then I felt like, how can we make this really kind of like community-based and inclusive mm -hmm. and also like an educational resource like for the Haida language because um, language revitalization is really important to us Haida people here. So Absolutely. It wasn't, it wasn't originally part of the plan though. So it was kind of like a really um, cool and organic way that it moved and mm -hmm. flowed. Like one idea came into another idea and it actually worked out so well. And we were pleased with what we had at the end because it encompassed so many different things about Haida Gwaii. That's mm -hmm. amazing. And we wanted to include some like familiar faces in the book, just so, you know, when other children are going through the book with their parents, they'll be like, oh my gosh, that is Auntie Jenny or that's Patrick from Storytime at the library, you know, and just like locals on island. So. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so here's a picture of my Auntie Jenny. Oh my goodness. It's so beautiful. The illustrations are incredible. I will have to share this video as well in the, um, in the podcast episode show notes, just so people can take a look and see it. Well, they should just buy the book, quite frankly, and see the illustrations that way, but that's lovely. Yeah. And yeah, we have like different <clears throat> Haida words, like for drum, it's gaujau and like eagle is good. I love that you're teaching the language. I know that that is, there, there's such a, a movement to bring back and to um, pres preserve the language uh, for so many Indigenous communities. And I think that's really, really important. I love that that's part of the education for kids right away. That's great. Sorry, mom. And we wanted, we did include an, a link to an audiobook at the back, just, you know, for like other Indigenous peoples and other families out there that don't you know, can't really pronounce Haida or having trouble or have no idea how to pronounce the words, they can go back and listen. And awesome. then next time they want to read the book again to their children, they can go ahead and read it, try teaching them to pronounce the Haida if they want. <laughs> I love it. But what I was going to say is it's so much a part of the culture now. Like when I was growing up here, we did not have Haida in school. So when Carson was going to school, it was part of their elementary curriculum. And when they got into secondary school, it was an elective. Um, but it's so important that it, like for myself, I actually feel a great guilt that I do not speak the language and it's, it's a very time consuming, like people that go to ship, it's a long process. And the every day it's almost like somebody brings in a new word, mm -hmm. but I felt a little guilty that we, here we are writing this book when I haven't really dipped my toe into the language as much as I should, but it's certainly inspiring enough to want to do that. And that option is there for people in the community to learn the uh, language. So, yeah. And then even for to like the yeah. language nest, they, they do uh, teaching at a very young age there. So. Yeah, it's awesome. They're really starting young and there's a, a real um, natural interest in it in the younger generations. Mm -hmm. Like they want they're like demanding that like we all learn it and know it so good awesome. well that's such a pride right it's it's such a a sense of legacy and and heritage and just your your story your history I think that's wonderful yeah and I, I mean it, Lynn you should I know you feel guilty and there's all these shoulds attached to it but it wasn't in your schooling it it wasn't there for you right you're learning it now and I think people come to it when they come to it and now you're you're finding that interest I think that's amazing 
It, it is amazing. I wish I could actually just commit to going to ship, which is the Skitty Get Haida Immersion Program and mm -hmm. sitting there on a few hours a week or whatever it takes. And maybe that might come one day. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly on the back burner and certainly something I think about all the time because it is really important for us, for Matisse and Josette to have that part of their heritage and, and yeah. culture in their life. So. Well, and you might be learning it through them as well, right? Which is so cool. Yeah, yeah. it actually might be for the farming. Right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you might have different answers to this question. What is your, each of you, your favorite part about motherhood on Haida Gwaii? Um, That's a good question. Um, I guess for me and my situation, it's just, a real sense of peace for me like I couldn't for, to be honest I couldn't imagine having two little ones this is just me personally and like how I'm a person like living in the city with little ones like I just I don't know I don't really react well to high stress situations or too much traffic and everything and I love how it's just like super laid back there's not a lot of cars on the road there's great outdoor activities to do with your children and just like things going on in the community now that things are opening up like resources for the kids and yeah <laughs> for me i just okay some of my best childhood memories are growing up um i actually grew up not in skittigate but in charlotte queen charlotte and we had a little area there called spruce point and we literally it was a little swath of forest and it was our home every single day during the summer we literally ate huckleberries i think we drank out of mud puddles you name it we forest <laughs> and that climbed trees and you know and played games and those are some of the greatest memories some of my like i actually went there the other day with my cousin mary and we uh spotted the old crab apple tree that we see the crab apples from so just a freedom here that that you just don't have like it's not to say oh you can just turn your kid loose we have things like bears <laughs> i don't really like but we have a lot of like beautiful hikes to do but i'm always too nervous i would never go by myself because i don't even know what i would do if i ran into a bear <laughs> oh yeah we've had bears in our in our front yard i live in north vancouver and we have bears in our in our yard that are tripping off our security cameras so i don't like going out by myself in the mornings no, definitely not. I'd, I'd like to go out in a group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I hear you about the traffic though, Carson, because I, since the pandemic, I've been working from home pretty much. And when I do have to go to work and I have to drive downtown, I am no longer comfortable with something I used to do every day. But now I just want to be with my veggie garden and I want to be, you know, in my yard and <laughs> just in this like controlled, quiet environment. So... Yeah. Shows you how it's like all something everyone just is like is forced to adjust to just yeah. being in a high stress situation for long periods of time all day like you spend a lot of time in your car driving even mm -hmm. and the, tra the traffic is crazy now like it was different when I was there I feel like it was still bad but now like it's gotten it worse oh it's way worse oh yeah oh yeah for sure it's funny I've been thinking recently because my part of my job is event planning for large events and um i went and we were doing some filming for what we're doing this year instead and 
I was exhausted after 10 hours. I was flat out. My body hurt everything, but I would have gone 18 hours hard. No problem <laughs> before the pandemic. It's like, I'm, I'm going to have to relearn resilience and, you know, stamina because <laughs> I feel like I've gotten used to this, this slower pace. Yeah. It's definitely a terrifying prospect of going back. Cause I work um, in the tourism industry right. and we quiet and not seeing anybody here in Haida Gwaii and the reality of having a tour bus pull up with like 60 people filing off to me. Yeah. I get to a little bit but oh me too me too it's funny because um the event we plan has a couple hundred thousand people I don't totally look forward to those thousands and thousands of people and having to weave and dodge you know it's I think that there there have been some positives that have come out of this challenging year for sure is the appreciation for space And that it's okay to be on your own too. Like we quite often, it always felt so great to be in a, a big environment with other people. And then, you, yeah. you know, but this whole year, I've been, um, in spite of it being quite trying, it's also been a year of growth for a lot of people because uh, it's forced them to come out of their shell. You can't, you're at home with yourself now. <laughs> You've got to seriously deal with it, you know, yeah. and, and uh, think outside the box a bit and I think it's really brought on some really great innovative thinking um across the board like you know not just with what we did like we I literally sat in bed and ate wine gums all of the month of March <laughs> because we closed the museum and drew the pictures to this book so, so there was some productivity was <laughs> I love that for a whole month and my knee was all funny after that but yeah, so that it really got us moving in different directions. Yeah, for so. sure. I think it's really brought home what matters most to us and, yeah. you know, helped us to prioritize the things that are the most precious, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, I have some questions I ask all of my guests. Um, so you can take turns answering, um, how do you define balance for yourself and for your family? Or do you, cause some people say it doesn't exist and, you know, <laughs> have a big opinion on it. So what's, what's your feeling on balance? Um, you mean like just between like your time alone and kind of like personal life? Well, yeah. Just- so most people answer it from like a work-life balance perspective, um, and making sure that they have time for themselves, their family and work and all those pieces. Um, but some people answer it totally differently. So what does that word mean for you? Um, I don't think I really get a whole lot of free time (laughs) (laughs) because I, sometimes even like people's work is a break from their home life and kids, right? So true. Going to work and being in a different environment, but I do feel blessed to be able to create music and work from home and be with my children all the time. And I homeschool my kids and I feel so blessed to be able to do that, but I've just kind of adjusted to this way of life where the time hit not much change for me in that aspect, but um, yeah, there isn't really um, too much <laughs> alone time. And we do 
Um, the kids get to go with their grandparents, right? Yeah. We spend time with their grandparents and um, my husband and I get to go on dates and stuff like that because that's super important too. Mm-hmm. You have little ones time together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lynn, did you want to add on to that or? For me, it just, now that like my youngest son and he's, he's 20 now, so I have a lot of free time. Um, so for me, I think that, um, that, um, I am using this time or to just do things for myself that I hadn't done. Like I love to write. So, um, getting more into that creative side and also, you know, bringing, yeah, more, more artistic stuff I started a book about my son years ago and I'm determined to finish that one that's gonna be another kid's book and just some other little things I've been writing about and seeing if we can make some ideas come to fruition and we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed and see how things Mm -hmm. go awesome awesome okay so I know you make time for date night Carson do you make time for other forms of self-care and what does that look like um, self-care, I guess, is like a nice hot Epsom salt bath mm-hmm. or a bubble bath. <laughs> and just kind of like sitting there. Sometimes I had some, a really nice one. My girlfriend made me, I had like rose petals in it too. That's really nice. And just nice. even having like a, a glass of wine with dinner has been really nice with, for me. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Helps relax me a little bit. And that's, yeah. Um, I don't really during the pandemic, I haven't been doing a whole lot of visiting or socializing with friends or anything like that. So just, just movie nights with my husband, baths. Um, I do a lot of, not every day, but two or three times a week, I try to get a good um, workout in. I do these hit it, 12 minute hit it workouts by, um, what are their names? Mel and Chelsea, and they're out of Kelowna and they have this really awesome online workout thing. It's just 12 minutes and it's like nice. a full box workout. And there's no equipment needed with it. So you can literally drop down anywhere and get a great workout in 12 minutes. Hmm. It's awesome. That's for awesome. Moms, you could do it at work even. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. All right, Lynn, same question. Self-care. What does that look like for you? For me, uh, I've been lately kind of struggling with that because I just lost my mom in February. Right, of course. Just trying to um, stay grounded with my connection to God. Just Mm -hmm. trying to, yeah. So just trying to keep my spirit, you know, going. Like trying not to spiral. Because, you know, when you lose somebody, Mm -hmm. it's easy to get lost there. So just trying to keep myself busy. I'm trying to understand that this is a process that we go through and especially being with my daughter and my beautiful grandkids that just is a lot of self-care because I just love them and mm-hmm. and they were they've been a gift um since they were born but they've really um I've learned a lot since my mom passed away and mm-hmm. I've learned that my family is the most important thing and not to take it for granted that yeah Yeah. well said thank you so much for sharing and I'm so sorry for your loss oh thank you 
Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's never easy to lose someone and especially a, a parent. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. She's a very strong, well, I was a strong, strong woman. So I keep that. And I'm sure Carson uh, has that in her too. It really keeps us trundling on. Like we can always talk about what grandma or, or my mom would say in certain times. And we always have a good laugh. So she left us with that. So that's mm -hmm. really an amazing thing to be left with. So yeah. it's, uh, it's something to build on for sure. Another thing we've been doing too is gardening. Like I started oh, yeah. a greenhouse. Oh, nice. Year. And my mom's been really helping me with that and showing me how it's done because she's been gardening for quite a few years now. So it's been really nice to have that as well. I find that so cathartic. I, I just love it. I've got, we've just built new veggie beds this year. Ours were woefully not working. They were riddled with roots and all sorts of things in the backyard. So now they're in the front yard and they're getting huge and I'm so excited. And <laughs> my husband said, at what point do we grow enough food to pay for the cost of this veggie garden? <laughs> because can we actually grow enough spinach to save that Costco dollar, $3 bag? <laughs> like it's just <laughs> about that. I think it's, it's just not, that yeah. growing stuff. Like I finally this year noticed that I had three little clusters of grapes in my greenhouse. Like after about four years, it was the most exciting day of my you know, oh, yeah. gardening. I was like, holy cow, here's these uh, grapes. Hopefully they <laughs> will grow up and get fat. And totally. I will share everybody. <laughs> when I saw the tiny little cauliflower heads actually growing in amongst those giant leaves, I was like, hi, babies. Like, I just got so excited. <laughs> it's so weird. You will. You'll be able to. Was. I actually caught myself talking out loud today. I was like, look at these little babies. Oh, they're just like popping up, you know? Yeah, totally. I love it. I've got tiny little spinach seedlings just popping up and I get so excited. I can see them from my, my window. I keep looking out at them right now, but it's just, yeah, it's so. It's just popping up out of your garden. It looks nice. We, um, we had a bit of a problem this year because Carson was getting her greenhouse and it was coming. We knew that, but I tried to get ahead of the game and have her plant all this stuff inside so we could just go out and move it to the greenhouse. Well, the greenhouse didn't happen exactly when we had planned. So we had, I lost a little crop of corn. <laughs> so did, but, yeah. And they were tall too. It was so sad. They were like literally like a, probably like a foot high. Already. But they wanted yeah. to be in the ground and they, they were done. Aww. Yeah, but we planted some new ones out there like a week ago now, maybe. Yeah, it's been so wet though. Hopefully, we'll we'll see corn stuff. I did last year. I had a little baby corn, and it was so cute. Oh, that's amazing! They, I. Uh, <laughs> they didn't taste bad. Yeah, I grew yeah. one time. I grew corn, and I got about a three-inch corn cob, and I put I we we cooked it, and I put butter on it, and I just ate my tiny little corn cob. <laughs> You know? Yeah, that's I know. Um, so now it's almost like a challenge of mine to try to plan and like it's an experiment. I'll have corn in various stages of growth to figure out when it's going to produce the best cob if it ever oh, does. Smart. Or when to plant it for, for following years. But. See, it's such a form of self care. It brings so much joy and it it's fulfilling, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> feel really good too I noticed even when I just go out there to water you know and yeah. I'm kind of just freaking out I just feel like 
<laughs> totally accomplished, right? Like you feel like, look what I did. <laughs> and then you find yourself at war with the slugs. You're like, mm, you know. yes. Yeah, you well, got to get like the, the cup of beer out there. So they climb in the cup of beer. That's what you do. Does that work? Yeah, it does. They love it. And then oh. unfortunately they drown, yeah. um, but they don't eat your vegetables. So, <laughs> so um, I tried that last year, but we've rained so much here. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> but good. Vancouver rains quite a bit too. Like yep. don't we rain just, you know, just as frequently as here? Probably mm, close yeah it's pretty ready but there's always somebody that has a really great idea um you know that the powder they make that's made out of diatoms the little tiny mm -hmm. sea creature mm -hmm. so it's so tropic and you spray that and they don't like the feel of it on them so they take off so i think i might try that because it's organic mm -hmm. yes it's diatomaceous earth or something isn't it called <laughs> yeah 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 this, see, this we could have a whole other podcast just on gardening <laughs> Awesome. Okay. I have one big question uh, that I ask everybody. So again, you can take turns. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Um, let's think. Biggest lesson. I think because I'm older, I might be able to answer this first, but patience and that That's your true. mothering never ends mm. never so you are and it's such a joy to think that that is such a beautiful feeling to know that you will be wanted and loved as a parent for as long as you are in this planet so that's mm. that's really a great thing to learn and know. that's beautiful and that come to you for things mm. when they need you <laughs> one thing that i've learned too is just like I don't know, really taking in every little moment. Like it can get really tough sometimes when you have like a lot going on or they're just having a tough day. And just like, you know, when you have like little one and a toddler, it can be pretty hard, but just don't be too hard on yourself and don't be hard on your kids because it's just going to go by so fast. It and like, really don't does. be like, you know, like they crawl into your bed or they're still sleeping with you. I think you need to like enjoy every little moment because even my mom, she tells me all the time, I can't believe that like you have your own kids now. I remember when you were Josette's age, it just goes by so fast. So enjoy it. So I've really been trying to do that. Just everything. Yeah, that's it's great. Important, very important. That's a really good one Yeah. And your kids are quite young still? Yes, my son is five and my daughter, she's going to be two in October. So I guess she's, what is she, 30, 32 or 33 months now? She's going to be two in October. What did I say? Two. Did, oh, sorry. I meant to say three. <laughs> three in October. My brain. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, that's awesome. I wish that I had learned that lesson about taking in every moment earlier. Because I, at five and three, I didn't have that, that lesson already. And I was just coping and getting through and working and life was busy and not no. paying attention. And now I really, I take intentional moments to say like, enjoy this because it's not going to last. But I feel like the first 10 years of my kids' lives just like zoomed by before I really yeah. started 
figuring stuff out. You're kind of in a, uh, a self-preservation mode too, because you're trying yeah. to take kids yourself, like Carson and her sister Taylor were only two years apart. And it, I was quite frazzled for yeah. about four years there. So yeah. um, you don't really, until they're developing their own personalities and doing their own things and becoming less dependent on you for every little thing, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And you have them like that, you know, and it's so little. Mm-hmm. I think at one point I had two in diapers just briefly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I did too. Cause our, our son was a late potty trainer and, uh, and our daughter, they're two and a half years apart. And yeah, we definitely, we had it all. <laughs> so, you know, survival girls having troubles potty training too. My son at her age was already almost fully potty trained, but this one, <laughs> she's kind of difficult and she'll just like go and sneak off. Whereas like my son yeah. would come and look at me and like give me a look like I need to use the potty and I could put him on the potty. <laughs> but, See, we she have- just, but she just runs away and hides and I'm usually busy. Like I'm helping him or I'm doing something. I'm, I'm unloading, yeah. unloading and she'll take that moment, go disappear and yep. like, diaper and I'm like I missed it again like we had the opposite our older did that our our son did that when he was potty training and he would disappear would say like do you have to go and he'd be like nope and then he would disappear and come out with like this protrusion from the back of his pants because then he'd already gone (laughs) forgotten about it you're like okay you're not gonna poop then you have something else to do and then like later they come back and they're just like (laughs) well what are our daughter was in preschool and they were like, okay, she's ready. And we're like, no, we don't do that. We're horrific parents. We don't potty train. We're failures at that. That's not something we do. And they'd be like, no, no, she's ready. Like you should just send her in underpants. And we're like, we, we don't do that. And then she would just sit down on the potty and go to the toilet. And we'd be like, oh my God, we get, okay. So she basically potty trained herself. <laughs> they yeah. get it eventually. They I mean, do. we're all Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So how can our listeners connect with you? Where can they find the book? All of the things. Um, the book is available on Amazon. Right? Absolutely. Amazon. And we also sell it in the trading house gift shop. Um, Great. Your but on your, and it is available on our website. I'm going to do a little pump here. For yes, please. This, uh, <laughs> the Heidi Gore Museum gift shop.ca. So we have a really great assortment of books. Cool. Okay, great. Awesome. And then social media websites for you, Carson, all the places. Um, my all my like social media is kind of more like music related, but okay. Um my Facebook is facebook.com slash real Carson Gray. Um, Instagram, I am Carson Gray. Twitter, Real Carson Gray. And if you want to have a look at my website, it's carsongray.com. Awesome. I will link to all of those places and the museum gift shop in the show notes so everybody can see it and connect with you and and hear your music and see the book and do all the things uh, to stay connected to you. Awesome. This was a great talk. Thank you so much. There's also a place art for communities. it is uh, a place where we sell like uh, there's like books oh, and bags and, and uh, oh cool and that's yeah. your art on there yeah it's art for communities.org okay cool I will link to that as well 
There's mugs. There's um, blankets. Blankets. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me here. I, I love this conversation. I am so glad to be connected to you. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Have a great night. Thanks for having us. Okay, take care. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.